listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, we're here to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach, and I want to show you that living vegan is actually the superpower that's going to unlock your possibilities and give you the confidence to take on your next goal by doing it your way. If I could go vegan in 2015 with all my excuses, I know you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 118, an interview today with plant-based physician, Dr. Lori Marbus. Welcome, VegEds. Welcome back, my Veg Your Besties. I hope you are all in the swing of it, the swing of December, finishing up your 2022. No matter how intentional I am or try to be about creating clarity and intentionality about the holidays and the end of the year and preparations for a new year, you know, I feel it too. I feel it too. Just my overflowing email box is enough to give me anxiety right now. Do I even open the email? Can I can I just delete it without opening? Is that even safe? Is it legal? What if there's something I really need in there? So I get it. I get it. And because of that, I really appreciate that with everything going on in your life, you're listening today to Veg Your Best. I hope that what we create here is a little companion for you as you are walking off that holiday meal or driving or doing chores or waiting in the pickup line at your children's school. Today we have another guest that I have wanted to invite for such a long time. Plant-based physician, plant-based telemedicine specialist, Lori Marbus. Lori Marbus, MD, is a U.S. Air Force veteran, double board certified family medicine and lifestyle medicine physician, and she utilizes a whole food plant-based diet. Dr. Marbus is licensed in all 50 states of the U.S. plus the District of Columbia. And in her free time, (laughs) in her free time, Dr. Marbus has had a podcast for many years, which is how I discovered her. And it was called earlier The Healthy Human Revolution, and it's been recently rebranded with some changes in her practice to Health and Mora, M-O-R-A, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus. Through her practice, Mora, at Mora.com, Dr. Marbus conducts physician-led support groups, and the aim is to help people live healthier, happier lives free from metabolic disease. And on her podcast, Dr. Marbus features nutrition and lifestyle and medicine experts, extraordinary guests of all kinds to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and the stories of plant-based lifestyle changes. Also, that you have a chance to try on some small changes to be your healthiest self. 
So if you're on a plant-based or vegan journey, you are going to want Dr. Marbus in your corner and at the very least in your podcast corner. So I'll have all the links to Dr. Marbus and her initiatives in the show notes. So for now, just listen and I'll catch you on the other side. Dr. Lori Marbus, welcome to Veg Your Best. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I was just telling you before we started recording, I've been listening to you a really long time as podcasts go anyway. And um, and you are one of the uh, plant-based physicians that I recommend people tune into and listen to on Healthy Human. Um, is it Healthy Human Revolution? Healthy it was. It was Healthy Human Revolution. Yeah, we uh, as we started Mora, which I'm sure we'll get into, we changed the name once again. I apologize. It shouldn't change again to Health and Mora playing off the words health and more oh very nice i love that i haven't seen it written that way yet on my my, my podcast it's weird how you update the podcast like it sometimes will show a new name anyway yeah it's but that's it you just search dr Lori marbus it all goes to the one place so it should be good yeah and marbus (laughs) is m-a-r-b-a-s dr Lori marbus and um I wanted to, I'm so glad I was trying to get you before Thanksgiving, but we're still getting you before the the real holidays hit. Yeah. And I think it would be lovely for us to have a, uh, a plant-based physician uh, weigh in on some of the choices that some of us are struggling with. Some of us want to make, but first I know that you have a great story about being a physician and first understanding what lifestyle and plant-based foods, uh, can change in a person. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you would share that with, with our clients. Yeah, absolutely. So just how I went to a plant-based diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's really fun. I, you know, I always tell people, I, I like to, when I give speeches, sometimes I'll say it all started with a rifle and people are like, wait a minute, she's vegan and she's talking about a rifle, but mm-hmm. it was rifle Colorado. So um, as I, left the military. I was in the air force and active duty. We really wanted to live in the Rocky mountains and enjoy the beauty of the nature there. And so we settled in a little rural town on the Western slope, meaning the Western side of the Rockies towards Utah called rifle Colorado. And it's about a town of 10 to 12,000 people. Um, there I did traditional family medicine. So we did inpatient, outpatient, nursing homes, ER, like you're seeing the whole shebang. And so the people there are, are blue collar, hardworking, they work in ranch, the, you know, natural gas. I mean, these are, these are the people you see bringing you uh, everything you want um, from food and it's, they're just amazing people. So um, hardworking, hardworking. So they still suffer from the chronic diseases, everything like we do. Um, but one day I had a patient come in to see me and she said, you know, meat and dairy really upset my stomach. And I said, I said, well, let's stop eating meat and dairy. It's like, obviously that leaves other foods, but it didn't dawn in my thick skull that that left just plant foods, but that actually was what was left. So it's fruits and veggies, beans, whole grains, right? That's what she was left with. And in Rifle, there's two grocery stores. There's Walmart and like what we call a King Super is like, it'd be like a Fred Myers on the East coast, you know, something along those lines. So there's no restaurants that you're going to go to, especially 10 years ago, that serve plant-based meals. Um, and so she was cooking at home. And she came back 30 days later, and I just had made note of it in her chart. I mean, again, like I said, I didn't make much thought of it, but I knew she'd be back. 
But she brought her daughter to the appointment with her. And actually, she missed school to come to her mother's doctor's appointment. So in my brain, I'm going, wow, this kid's missing school, coming to her mother's appointment. What type of uncomfortable conversation am I going to be having with this teenager? <laughs> That's where my, my, I guess my diabolical mind goes. But um, so what happened was she goes, now you told Dr. Marvis what you did. And I'm like, prepared, right? Um She's like, well, I, I wanted to help my mom. So I, you know, ate with her and I felt so good that I stopped two ADD meds, two of my medications. So those are attention deficit disorder medications like Ritalin and things like that, that kids are actively taking across the United States. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And she's mom goes, yeah, but why was she able to do that? I said, I don't know, but that is by far the most coolest thing I've ever heard. And I said, let's talk about what you guys did. And literally it was eating fruits, vegetables, beans, whole grains. And that's what they did. And they just pulled out those processed foods, the animal products that cause inflammation. And that was so phenomenal to me that I was like, this is incredible. So I just got hooked on just the idea of the ADD meds and mom felt better too with her stomach. But the, the, clearly the picture for me was this thought of, wow, someone can think more clearly the focus and all of that was increased. And a 16 year old, she was able to notice these are teenagers, teenagers, typically, you know, if you think about the stereotypical teenager, they're not paying attention to like taking a medication, just trying to get through school, having fun. But for her to really recognize and have the introspect is like, you know, I feel really good. I don't even need these medications. That was amazing. Um, so I went and Googled, of course, and T. Colin Campbell's book, The China Study, came up. I ordered it. It came. I read it in two days. I was sitting there reading, like literally I was sitting down on my bedroom floor and I was just like digesting. It's this, a long literally. book. <laughs> it was, it was, I was devouring it. And I was like, my husband would walk by for something. I was like, would you look at this? They're turning off cancers by changing, you know, to plant protein. And he's like, okay. Like, he's like, I have no idea. He's not a, he's not medical. Um, but I was just, my brain was exploding. You know, that little emoji with the brain blowing off the top. That is totally what was occurring in my, my little head. And so I was like, wow, what could be the implications for other patients? And back then in 2012, there's not a whole lot of information for physicians, um, much less someone who's wanting to transition themselves. But how do I bring this to people? I was, I was like, there was so much going on in my head. Like, how do I do this myself? Because I know I, my actions need to align with what I'm, rep, you know, representing to patients and what I'm suggesting. And so as I'm processing that, I had another patient come in to see me within the, a couple of weeks and she had lupus. And so lupus is an autoimmune disease. It can be a very serious autoimmune disease. And, and in some cases, even terminal. And um, it affects a lot of different organs. Um, lots of oh, pain, uh, kidney issues, skin, you name it. I, I don't think there's an organ that's not quite affected by lupus or can be. And this patient was young, younger than I was at the time, and she had been diagnosed with lupus a few years earlier. She was on 12 different medications. She was 50 pounds overweight. She came in and said to me that day, and I'll see, I literally can still see her clear as day saying, you know, I don't think I can continue working because I feel so bad. 
And for a young woman who's at the prime of her life, her working life, to say that because of this chronic disease, and she was already on medications like methotrexate, high doses of steroids like prednisone, to say that and coming to the doctor and saying, what else can I do? Because in rural Colorado, we don't have rheumatologists available. You have to travel at least an hour or more and sometimes over the Rocky Mountains to actually see. And if any of you have ever traveled over the Rocky Mountains, especially in the winter, it's no easy task to get to somewhere like Denver or somewhere else to, to see a specialist. So the family practice doctor is kind of like the start of it all. And so we literally learned to do things definitely more so than someone who's, let's say, in a, in a larger urban area. But anyway, you know, I talked to her and I said, you know, I, I really don't think there's much more as far as medications that we can provide to you at this point, but would you be willing to change your diet? Because as she was speaking to me and discussing all, all the things that was, she was dealing with, it's like, this is inflammation, right? And I'd been reading about the anti-inflammatory properties of a whole food plant-based diet. And I said, you know, I don't know a whole lot. I have like two weeks of knowledge. <laughs> and I was like, if you're willing to be quote unquote, my guinea pig, probably not the best word to use on a vegan podcast, but be my you know example or, or try this with me. She was, I think you might feel better. And she was like, I'm willing to try anything. And bless her heart, she was willing to do this experiment. And so when we started, I checked her CRP, which is an inflammatory marker. So it was three times fine normal. And so what we did then was um, sent her out with what little bit of knowledge I could give her and said, come back in two weeks because I really didn't want to wait a full 30 days. I was really excited to see what would happen in two weeks. That was like a, it's a long vacation, right? This is, it's not like a significant amount of time. And she came back and she was eight pounds lighter. Her headaches were better that she was suffering from. And she was just amazed in her CRP. This inflammatory marker was just outside of normal. Now, mind you, that's remarkable about that is that she was on all these different medications um, and was not having the response that just changing her diet did. And that blew my mind. If, as you go advance five months for her and her, her personal journey, she uh, five months later had lost 50 pounds. She was off seven of 12 medications and she, there was other meds that she would need to be uh, on long-term, but her life changed, right? There were there was such an amazing turnaround just from changing the input on the, on the end of her fork. And for me, that was it. I went home to three teenagers, um, let's see, 13, 15 and 18. And my husband, God bless his soul. And we, I said, I'm going on a, we're going on a plant-based diet. And they're like, Hmm. So the children understood that they don't argue, they get what they got. And they know I'd try my best to, you know, appease them and feed them healthy foods and good foods. They're like, oh, okay. Um, my husband's like, you're still cooking. He's like, I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> so I was very, I got it off easy. Cause after that, I, after speaking to patients, I certainly know the struggles can be really much more difficult in, in families. So I literally took a garbage can and dumped everything, the eggs, the cheese, the milk, the meat, anything that was in the house, I threw it in the garbage and took it out. Now we had a quarter of a grass-fed beef in our freezer in our garage. And I was trying to grapple with how to deal with a very large amount of meat because you just don't throw that in your dumpster in Western Colorado because there's there's creatures that will come. <laughs> yeah, we're in rural Colorado. You just don't do that. So I was thinking maybe I'll send it to 
the animal shelter. I just didn't know. Um, but I, I just need some time to process that. So that was on a Friday night. On Sunday morning, we went to church and we came back and that freezer broke. Okay, now I need I need you guys to understand this probably broken the night before, but that meat was beginning to frost and the the odor and the literally we came home to like animal juices just running down in mm. the stench. I mean, it's enough now. I can't walk down an aisle to grocery store. I can't look it. I just can't. I can't do the meat. I can't. I just. Um, and that was 10 years ago. My husband's like, you know, if you hadn't been with me, I could have sworn that you unplugged that freezer. I was like, nope, that's a, that is a sign from the big man upstairs. <laughs> We're going on a plant-based diet for good. And honestly, every single patient encounter, every discussion I have with other physicians who've had the lovely experience of sharing this with patients and having someone, you know, just rehabilitate their health. It's just been such a wonderful journey that I, I honestly can't imagine not doing this. Like I, I just, I can't even fathom my life without this at this point in a decade later and now into my fifties. Um, yeah, for sure. It's a, uh, is this will be with me for the long term. It's, it's just been quite a ride. I love that story. I've heard a lot of it because as, as I told you, I've, I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to your interviews with other people for, for years now. And I've heard that story a few times. And I just think it's, it's, uh, you are not someone who came to this with an agenda of any kind. This kind yeah. of came and slapped you around the <laughs> top of the head and said, notice this. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's beautiful. You know, it's funny though, too, as I look back in my life, there were other places where I could have gone to a plant-based diet as early as my daughter, um, when she was two, she's 28 now. So 26 years ago, we were in the grocery store one day and you know how they have those large, we were in Virginia. I was, uh, um, no, no, was she, wait, she was two. No, no, we must've been, I, we must've been in somewhere else in Texas. Yeah. Anyway, she was two. So 26 years ago, I was not active duty yet, but she was two. And um, she saw these large lobsters in that banded and for sale. And she's like very precocious child and almost three, but she had a very good vocabulary and very uh, in tune to her environment. She's like, why is there uh, lobsters or, you know, alive? Like she understood that this was unusual. And why are they here at the grocery store? Because this is where we're getting food. I was like, well, people eat them. She was like, she couldn't quite grasp that that would be killing because of death and um, things. And she really bothered her that whole process. She was like, why? And like, she, just that discussion that ensued of we cook them and eat them. And she it really upset her. And, you know, you see these really cool little videos on Facebook of the little girls, the little boys who were like, why? I don't want to kill the animal. I don't want to eat them. When they realize what's on their plate was actually what they saw walking around the yard earlier in the day. You know, it's just one of those things. And um, I it, again, I just it brushed. I just brushed it off because that's what we do. Right. I But if I'd have really been paying attention and thinking about why is this child having issue with that? Maybe I should. Um yeah, I mean, I, I just really feel like there were hints along the way, but I was finally ready to listen. Yeah, and it seems, honestly, I think for most of us, it seems impossible. We're so indoctrinated into what's normal about it, what Melanie Joy calls normal, natural, and necessary. The animal mm. products are all these these things for us. So it's really hard to, it's really hard to separate yourself from it. 
until mm-hmm. you start getting evidence. And this is what I love mm-hmm. about talking to the plant-based physicians because they are evidence-based scientists mm-hmm. who are actually working with people. They either see results or help or changes in medication or they don't. Mm-hmm. So I think this is what's, I, I think it's just tremendous to have an opportunity to have you here and talk about it. And I know you were t- saying that you were in family medicine mm-hmm. and now you, you are also lifestyle medicine certified, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit what lifestyle medicine is as a specialty? Sure. So family medicine is just like your regular doc that you go see, right? So that's, I'm an MD, I am board certified. It's something you keep up with. So that will never go away. Um, Lifestyle medicine is really utilizing six pillars of good, healthy habits is a good way to make, just boil it down. So this is nutrition with the plant slant, right? Um, We certainly encourage a hundred percent, but you know, we meet the patient where they're at. We try to get them to eat as many plants as possible, exercise, um, restorative sleep. We want a reduction of stress or better stress capabilities uh, or dealing with stress, you know, really help people understand, um, your reaction to something and your circumstances can change just based on how you're thinking or perceiving. It's really fascinating. And then, you know, looking at communities. So the community piece is really important because we've all tried to do something when we were the lone wolf, so to speak, or the, the lone, you know, ranger going out and saying, I'm going on a plant-based diet and nobody's joining me. And then you just kind of go off into the sunset and forget after a while, like, well, maybe I won't do the plant-based diet because I've, you know, people are, either disagreeing with you or you're feeling alone when you go to the restaurant and there's nothing to eat and you know, all of these things. And then the other piece of that is avoiding risky behaviors, like avoiding alcohol consumption to an unhealthy degree. And in my case, I believe that no amount of alcohol is healthy, but I'm happy to discuss that with whomever and avoiding things like tobacco or substance use. So those six pillars lead you, um, to really amazing, healthy life, the best you can. I mean, granted things are going to happen and, but we'll try to get you to the healthiest place we can get you at this point in your life. And, you know, if we can get young families, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but when we get young families to really think about the habits that they're teaching their children, which is such an important piece, they're going to walk into a healthier life versus someone who's learning that, you know, driving through the McDonald's is the way to feed, eat, you know, or, you know, yelling at each other is how we deal with uh, disruptive relationships or, you know, numbing out in front of a television, eating a bag of chips is how we deal with a long day instead of engaging with one another. And, you know, there's just so many unhealthy habits that we learn in our childhood that we carry forth that, again, is normal, right? Um, we consider normal, ordinary then we don't think that things can be different because we didn't, we're never exposed to something that was different, but yeah. So that's lifestyle medicine and the American College of lifestyle medicine can, um, you can take a test and become certified. Um, that's, you know, growing and becoming more and more available. There's, I think 9,000 members now of the American College of lifestyle medicine, which is phenomenal. Um, I first became certified in 2017 and um, we just came back from the conference. There were 2,000 people at this conference. And to see the energy and the joy of just seeing other people who think like you, these are doctors, nurses, coaches. Um, 
of all walks and from all over the world. And it was just so much fun to connect with these folks. It's just, it's like no other conference you'll ever go to. It's just, it's phenomenal. So that's, that's, that's wonderful. And one of the things that I hear from people about lifestyle medicine, about talking about lifestyle options and changes, sometimes people will feel that they're being shamed a little bit. That if you tell them that their health cons their health issues are consequences of behaviors that they have either consciously or unconsciously taken part in, um, well, a lot of the work I do is with people is to is to help them remove that 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 story that they're telling themselves about it. We only know what we know when we know it, right? So we mm. don't want to blame ourselves because that as a thought is not a very productive thought in day to day. But as a physician. Right. You must run into this where people feel like they if you told them their genetics was a problem or they'd been poisoned by something in the atmosphere or in their diet. But if to tell them that the choices that they made ongoing or maybe that their parents even normalized for them, um, it's, mm-hmm. it can be kind of tough. No. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, there's I guess with lifestyle medicine, you kind of get used to having difficult conversations and. You know, I, I think there's a couple of pieces. I love Brene Brown's work on around shame. So I would encourage people if they're really struggling, especially if they come from a place of trauma in their lives, that shame and blame can be a an easy habit. And I consider that a habit, right? This is how we were trained growing up. Um, you know, your parents did the best they could, whether it was a good or, or not so good situation. Um, I mean, I came from a home that was very, very, dysfunctional and um, certainly went through a place where I felt I needed to blame myself because why else would someone treat me that way? And um, what I think the value that I had was seeing role models um, in my life that I really respected. And so one is a physician, I feel that's why I need to lead by example. And um, I don't really try to say, you know, I just try to say, listen, I'm just stating the facts that what you put into your body matters. And, you know, we look back at at the evidence in their own body. How do you feel when after Thanksgiving, when you've eaten a large meal and it's high in fried foods or processed foods, do you feel like you do after, let's say you eat something healthy and you move a little bit, right? So they, they see the evidence in their own, in their own life. And you know, instead of coming to it from the standpoint of like, you did this, this is your fault, whatever. It's like giving someone the permission to look back and say, you know, yes, I am where I am because of the decisions that I've made, or I've made because I was taught this is how to live. But it also give them to understanding there's hope in the future that they can make different decisions. And, you know, the past is the past. It has zero influence of where you're going today. This is your decision today and where you can lead yourself in the future. And I really think the prescription of hope is really a big piece of at least my discussions with patients and people, because again, um, if I, if I lived the way that I was raised and kept those unhealthy thought patterns, I would not be the person sitting in front of you today. So I made an active choice, but I actually had people, friends who had parents who had lived different family structures, had different influences. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, so that can be very different. It's kind of like 
you know, I, there's someone on um, Instagram that I recently discovered and started following. Her name is Julia Lynn and her, I think her handles, uh, I may be saying it wrong, Dolphinine or something. And she's like 65. She rocks her body. She started lifting weights like three years ago. And I'm just, I'm trying to get her on the podcast. Um, I don't think she's a plant-based type of thing. I'm just so inspired by her because she's just all about, she had a difficult she was type 1 diabetic she had a double organ transplant a heart <laughs> bypass i mean this woman has been through the ringer and to lose weight and she's just loving and sharing she's like it literally is a mind shift right so but she you know just how people just shift how they view things in their own actions it can just literally lead to such a wonderful world right some people say you know thoughts don't don't do not cause a change in action but i actually think they do you have you have an idea you see something you're inspired by someone those thoughts are the first part that's your trigger to a different behavior to a different habit to you know creating something different in your life and you know they people love to talk about manifestation or whatever and i'm happy to you know wherever you are in the spectrum of belief about that but it really is a self-fulfilling prophecy if you think that you're going to have a miserable day, you're going to have a miserable day. You want your attitudes walking in. But if you think, you know, today might be tough, but I'm going to make the best of it. You're going to walk into that day better prepared to deal with all the stresses. You're probably going to come out of it in a much more successful um, ending than you would otherwise. So again, it's the shame is such a uh, detrimental tool, but you still have to speak the truth to people. And sometimes the truth is hard to hear. But it's not saying this is your fault. I know you have to own it and, you know, digest it and feel bad about it. That's not it at all. All we need to understand is this is the problem. This is still a problem that we need to change, right? All we need to do is talk about changing the behavior. The behavior is, is nothing on you. This is just actions that are occurring. So you just make different actions and you'll have different outcomes. But until we own the fact that we actually do make those decisions in our life, of what we put into our body, how we move our body, how we, you know, really put into play better sleep habits and, you know, how we communicate to others in our lives and how we communicate to ourselves, right? If you don't love yourself and speak to yourself kindly, you are going to be less likely to do the same for others. And so there's just so much work that we need to do mentally um, before we can actually employ those things that we want in our lives. But yeah, the shame is, it's a, it's a waste of, energy and it's really sad when people get derailed by that because they don't feel they're worthy um of love or worthy of having a life that they desire and it's just it's it's unfortunate and sad but honestly i feel like the joy that i get is i get to like i said the prescriber of hope right so when i have conversations i tell people of a, of a future that could be and that's how we go about it. Instead of saying, oh, you know, you smoke or, oh, you know, you eat all these, you know, Cheetos while you're watching your game shows. Um, I was like, you know, what if we had a life where if we made a few different things happen, we could maybe have less diabetes medications, or maybe we could reverse your type two diabetes. Then people are like, huh, really? That could happen? I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's talk about what we can do today to move you into that direction, change the trajectory of your health to one of, you know, energy and thriving. 
And so we avoid the the blame game and just literally just kind of turn the dial a little bit towards what can I do today that leads me closer to a goal and a future that's more along the lines of where I want to be. Now, if someone doesn't isn't ready to hear that message, they're they're gonna walk away with a different interpretation of maybe of what I said. But there's many, many, many people who are ready, but nobody speaks to them in that type of tone, especially coming from a physician. I always think it's the best news ever if the solution or part of the solution is just yourself <laughs> to think that you everybody else has to change or the world has to change or that that's depressing but if if you can make if if just your own actions can and your own ideas about the possibility of those actions can change to me that's just like well hallelujah. that's all you can do right because yeah. i'm not going to change anyone no um, <laughs> that's i right. mean you can try and change a two-year-old good luck you know so you just have to work your it's your reaction to the people and what they've said, because oftentimes you can disarm someone who is giving you a hard time about, let's say you're trying to eat a healthy, whole food plant-based diet. You know, I give patients one-liners really to try to get them out of the situation where they're uncomfortable. I was like, well, blame it on your doctors. Like that Dr. Marva, she's making me eat this crazy diet, but you know, it's working for me. What can I say? She's the doctor and I'm feeling better. So I'm going to keep going. Or they make it an opportunity to teach or educate. It's like, yeah, I am feeling better. Let me tell you my story. You know, let, let patients take on that uh, sharing role. People love that. They love to help people get better. And so just really thinking about how do I react to the situation? So you get out of this victim mentality that it's all, you know, this is, I'm just a victim. It's nothing I can, can do. There's nothing I control, but I don't want you to be shamed into thinking that you've been in this victim role. You can step out of it anytime you want. Literally at this next moment, we all you can feel step like victims once in a while, right? Oh, it's normal, heavens. human. <laughs> Absolutely. But when you catch yourself in, in that, right, when you start, for example, I am literally growing another business and because um, we sold plant-based telehealth this summer to John Mackey, who um, uh, was the founder of Whole Foods. And so I moved to California and we're starting this business. And this is a, it's, it's a lot. And so we're taking on insurance and we're building, we have amazing doctors and PAs and we're engaging with patients. But there's so much going on that when, when you start thinking about it, it's like, ugh. I, you're just like overwhelmed and frustrated, but then, the, but then I just step out and go, Lori, I can either react by feeling overwhelmed and go cuddle up in a little fetal position in the corner, or I can say, Hey, you know what? This will still be here tomorrow. I don't have to have all the answers today and it's okay. The world's not going to explode. Um, and the, you know, the business is going to fail because I don't have the answers to everything and it's not all running smoothly right at this moment. Right. Things are amazing and they're running very well, but that is just that piece. There's just so many moving parts and your, our lives, we may feel like that, like there's the kids need this and the husband needs this and my work needs this and everyone's pulling at you. You're like, ah, I can't take, but just step back and go, what do I need right now to take care of myself so I can be more present for those with me and just know that you can't be everything for everyone all the time. And, um, you know, taking that outside of children. <laughs> if they're little people, you you may need to be everything all at once. Um, but the the piece to remember is that just take care of yourself and love yourself and give yourself space 
to to sit back and take a deep breath and you'll just come out i think at the end of the day feeling much better well i'm glad you just brought up your new your new business the way you're you're growing it and it's mora yeah. health right m o r a yes. mora health mm-hmm. and part of it is is well you explain it for me because i believe you are certified uh, board certified now in every state is that I'm, the correct term so licensed um, licensed mm-hmm. yeah so um it's called Mora Medical and you go to mora.com. It's M-O-R-A.com. And so with plant-based telehealth, what we had was a one-on-one uh, cash pay uh, situation. Um, with Mora, we're utilizing Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial insurance. Um, the important piece of that was my my experience with plant-based telehealth was I'd have patients who would say, well, I can't see you anymore. I can't afford it. Or... I'd have someone on a budget. It's like, well, I'm going to save up for three months. I'll be back in three months when I really needed to see them next week. Right. And it was just heartbreaking to see that. And so with this model, we're utilizing a few different things and about the insurance piece, we're also using a group model. Uh, so meaning that you'll be in a cohort of patients, uh, 10 patients, um, uh, all virtual with the physician or the physician's assistant and they're going to walk you through lifestyle medicine, a plant-based diet, uh, exercise, and all the while they're monitoring your vital signs. They're keeping track of your medications and decreasing them as needed. We check your labs. We do remote patient monitoring where we have a blood pressure cuff or a glucometer or a scale, you know, um, sent to the patient. And then all they have to do is use it and it's sent to us directly. And the the really cool thing about that is now we're building that community, right? So patients who really struggle to find a community to fit in while they're making these changes, they actually know that they're going to meet at least once a week with someone and with the group and discuss everything that's going on in their lives. What went well? What did they struggle with? And learning and asking of the physician, the expert, but certainly I, you know, I tell my, my physicians and my PAs, like, you're just the guide. You're not the hero here. Let them help each other. And that's really a fun place to be. So you can step back and see patients help each other versus your one-on-one appointment where you're kind of required to have all the knowledge and help the patient, you know, work with them to come up with that solution. But yeah, so that's important. We do have some one-on-ones, but the majority of this is going to be group medical visits. So um, I'm licensed to practice medicine in all 50 states in DC. I'm doing less of the clinical piece as we're as I'm the chief medical officer and the co-founder um, building the business. And um, definitely stepping into the entrepreneurial role is um, challenging. I, I probably wouldn't do it again now. I'm glad I'm doing this, but I'm getting too old to, <laughs> to do this after this. I don't know. Um, the healthcare has got to be the most difficult um, arduous place to try to start a new business and make an impact. And I'm like, you know, it's just funny at the end of the day, it's like, you know, all I want people to do is eat more vegetables. That's really all I want them to do. And it's it just to make so it simple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting back going, but there's so much, oh my goodness, there's so much red tape just to get someone, a patient who wants to be seen and a doctor who wants to see them to put them together in a room in a place, in a business where we can actually make that happen is, I can't even tell you that the steps that are involved in that, it's just phenomenal. And the more and more I get into the weeds of it, I just see how messed up the United States healthcare system is. It's a sick care system and it's a place that, you know, 
poor patients. I'm struggling to navigate it. I can't even imagine an elderly patient who's really dealing with chronic disease. And, you know, they hear of us or they see this on Facebook, like, man, I really want to do this. But then they're like, how do I do this? And what about Medicare? And they, or I can't afford that. You know, there's just so many obstacles in the way of someone getting healthy, our food environment, everything. So we're really, it's just, we're doing our little part. We're just chipping away. And right now we're available in Florida, Texas, and California, soon to launch in Ohio and New York. And as we grow, we'd like to reach additionally, you know, more states as we go along. But um, it just takes time. I I will tell you to get enrolled, for example, you know, people are really funny. Um, we do Facebook ads and someone will make a comment like, yeah, of course you don't accept this insurance or whatever. They make some snide remark. I was like, you have any idea how much work even just went into the ad for you to even make this snide comment? I was like, and not only that, I was like, for someone to actually accept your insurance, it's a three to six month process and it's expensive to become in its, and the Blue Cross Blue Shield in Florida is not the same Blue Cross Blue Shield in Texas or the same Blue Cross Blue Shield. So I have to apply and wait three to six months and become credentialed in each of those states. And then in Texas, there are the regionals. So there's like four or five regions. So the Blue Cross of South Texas in the West. I, and anyway, so I just really want people to, just kind of sit back before you pass judgment and who's not doing what and we're not doing that. We're doing everything we can. It's not as easy as hanging up my shingle like in the old days and saying, I'm seeing patients. There's licensing, there's insurance, there's all of that in, in between. There's the technical piece, there's the billing, uh, there's the admin support, there's, oh, there's just so much. So again, um, I maybe went off on a tangent to vent a second, but I really feel people need to understand we're doing the best we can. And there's more people like ourselves. There's just no opportunities. And so that's what we're trying to do is build the opportunities for the patient to meet the doctor. Yeah. And I think also every physician who wants to change something probably runs into this also because they, they are, so they tend to stay in their silos of how they, how they yep. treat and, and what they, what they get and how much time they have available for each, yep. for each patient. I'm, I'm wondering if you, um, if if someone knows, I really think I need to be eating more plants, fewer mm-hmm. animal products. Mm-hmm. And they bring that up to a physician, their physician, mm-hmm. and the physician's like, "Yeah, that's that's not really going to make any difference for you." Oh my, my dear. gosh! Which I hear people <laughs> say all the time from yes, people. Yes, yes, yes. So, how, how do we respectfully? Because we can't all change immediately. Some of us aren't in a state that we could even, you know, begin to work with you at the moment. So, right, that's right. something going on now. How do we respectfully yeah. um, ask our doctor to help us a little bit? So, first of all, if you're, I'd say there's two choices here. You can find another doctor. <laughs> there's always that. Or you can do this. Um, don't be quite as brutally honest. Like, oh, I'm going on a vegan diet. Instead, do this. Say, you know what, doc, I'm frustrated with being sick. I'm going to I'm gonna start employing or start doing healthier habits. I'm going to eat better. That's all you have to say. And I'm going to start exercising. And they're, then they're alerted to the fact that you're going to be making some changes and medications may need to be adjusted without the judgment of, oh, a whole food plant-based diet that they don't understand, right? So I feel like just saying, hey, I'm just going to eat healthier foods. Um, If they start 
asking and getting it deeper, then that maybe that's an opportunity that you can be more honest. It, well, that's always honest, but to go into a little bit more deeper detail that this is a, a plant-based diet, you know, and give them some, you know, the resources like maybe nutritionfacts.org or Forks Over Nice for recipes, you know, wherever you finding your information, um, you know, and share that with them. And you may be surprised. Maybe it's a doctor like myself was 10 years ago and they're going to take that and run with it. But if they pass judgment, just, you know, say, okay, well, I appreciate your opinion, doc, but I, I really want to try this. And then the only thing I would suggest if you're doing that is just make sure you're taking a good B12 supplement um, because you're going to be coming from a place of deficiency, right? So, and it's not that, that we shouldn't do a plant-based diet because we're going to be B12 uh, deficient in that diet. It's just that B12 is made by bacteria. It's not made by plants. It's not made by animals. So, you know, 500 to 1,000 micrograms daily. And the reason I say that's higher than most people are suggesting is because a lot of people don't have a very good absorption. And I found that it's actually requiring, and trust me, I have seen thousands of plant-based patients. Um, when uh, I have seen a patient in every single state of this country, and um, I've also seen patients who are eating a regular, you know, standard American diet and medications interfere with absorption. As we age, we decrease in our absorption. Some people um, also, you know, if they eat a um, B12, maybe sometimes it's fortified foods, but it still might not be enough because sometimes there's some genetic factors where they're, they're missing uh, intrinsic factor that helps you absorb B12. So again, you know, so don't think that you're the only people as a plant-based people who are low in B12. It's, it's others, people who take, um, metformin, for example, or things like, uh, PPIs, proton pump inhibitors that help with heartburn. These are readily available over the counter. People are un unknowingly decreasing their absorption of B12. So B12 is important for nerve health, for brain health. And so just something to be aware of, um, cause your doctor may not know to tell you to take a B12 supplement. That is the one that I would just, you know, give caution to and, and just make sure that you're, you're doing that. And is the amount that's in a typical multivitamin enough? I mean, I take a multivitamin and I usually do the a sublingual spray. Um, um, well, typically, there... um, I would say it's hard to say again, if someone is taking a multivitamin, um, or taking B12, just ask your doc to have the B12 checked. Um, if yeah. they if they say no, say, well, you know, I've read that, you know, I these medications, if you're on some of those medications can decrease it. You know, I just want to make sure that I'm getting enough. Um, and, uh, you know, just ask them. There's other ways too. There's some places you can actually order your own test and get your B12 level checked as well. Um, or you can go to plant-based telehealth. They're still, uh, still there, plantbasedhealth.com schedule an appointment. Those those guys will definitely order it for you. Or if you join Mora, mora.com, if you're in those states, um, we're obviously going to order those labs as well. Um, but again, you know, there's lots of different options to do, but um, B12 is a water-soluble vitamin. So you typically will pee out the excess. There is some concern that too much B12 can be an issue. Um, I'm not, again, that's not, it's just more, uh, it's not for sure. I guess I, I don't, I don't want to alarm people if they come back with a really high level that they're at higher risk of certain things, but you don't always best to ask our doctors to right. test it and give us some feedback. Right. On and that. just make sure you're staying, I would say above 500, uh, anywhere between 500 and 1200 is kind of a good range. 
Um, and again, this is small doses. This is 500 micrograms. Um, these are these are very small doses. So um, yeah, it's just something to be mindful of. So that's so how how to talk to our doctors is one of the very common questions I get. The other one you touched on, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about it is community. Um, mm. I see how Mora is going to offer some community to people. Um, what kind of um, and you you also touched on it. You said how you can just express yourself that yeah I know my crazy doctor recommended it and it's mm. actually kind of working yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I do know a lot of people feel very separated by a plant-based mm. diet, especially mm -hmm. holidays or g gatherings or mm -hmm. where we use food that has no nutrition value as something to bond over. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So this is hard, right? Because you really want people to feel welcome and not kind of already guarded when they walk into a social situation, especially around the holidays when you know, Aunt Jane's coming around, and you know, she's going to give you a hard time or Uncle Harry or whoever that is in your life. And especially it depends also on your relationship with food, right? So if we have already utilized food as um, a tool to feel better or to um, deal with, uh, you know, un uncomfortable emotions, it was a way for us to escape. It's going to be even harder to, you know, kind of stand your ground and say, Hey, I'm doing this because I love myself and these foods are nourishing to my body. And you just, yeah, it's really, really hard. Right. So I, I think you have to walk into it with an attitude of compassion for yourself. Okay. And know that it's going to be uncomfortable and be okay with being uncomfortable. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're training for something, right. If you're training to run your first 5k, that first run around the block is going to be uncomfortable, but you know what? There's something about rewarding about knowing, you know, I made it through and I, I'm, I was uncomfortable, but now it's getting easier. So think about this as a muscle. So the more you exercise these discussions or these one-liners that you can think of, think of one-liners, think about who's going to be your issue and think how you're going to respond. So you're not taken off guard, right? That gets easier and easier and easier. And I have found humor if you have a little bit of a funny bone somewhere, <laughs> utilize your comedy skills um, or, you know, feel like, you know, like a child who's uh, distracted by something you don't want to discuss or they're throwing a tantrum. Think of it the same way. Let's like, well, let's think about something else. Hey, how's your wife doing? Or, hey, how's the boys in this? You know, distract them with something they would like to talk about themselves. There's lots of ways to deflect. Um, but again, remember at the end of the day, nobody, nobody is going to tell you or force you. Well, I should say in the normal circumstance, normal. nobody's going to force you something, open your mouth and shove your food in. Whatever you put in your mouth is again, like at the end of the day is your decision. Now let's say that you really struggled and you, you see that delicious pecan pie and you're like, you know, I just really want to bite and you eat a, more than you thought. That's okay. This is a one-off Tomorrow's a new day. It's not going to destroy everything that you've done. I promise. Um, you may have a little bit of an upset stomach because you may not have been eating that type of high sugar or processed foods or whatever it might be. Um, but know that it's it's okay too. If you know it's a journey, and this is all this is. There's no judgment. Um, there's no nobody that you're comparing yourself to. This is your journey. But but remember, at the end of the day. 
that you're the one that makes those decisions that will dictate where your life leads you down the path. So again, when you run into someone, let's say over the holidays, they're like, oh, it's it's Thanksgiving or oh, it's Christmas and we always eat this. Like, why are you changing our traditions? And like, how do you think traditions began? They began somewhere. I'm going to start a new one, right? So here's my favorite plant-based recipe, bring in the foods. And I will tell you, I've won more people over by making something or buying something if you don't have good kitchen skills um, and bringing it to them and saying, don't even tell them what's in it. Because trust me, they're going to be surprised. Like, wow, this is plant-based. Or maybe someone scoffs at it and said, that didn't taste good. I'm like, well, well, I guess, you know, more my palate's <laughs> different for me. Exactly. More for me. It's a perfect, that's a perfect one-liner. Um, and so again, sometimes a lot of times people, if you think about turkey, let's just think, let's just step back and say, and let's look at this brown food, right? So you just, it's this meat, you get the potatoes, give me the wrong, I do love mashed potatoes. And you look at dressing, dressing is good too, but it's all like brown and turkey really doesn't have a flavor. It's like, you have to put the mashed potatoes, the gravy and the dressing with it, and the cranberry sauce. I mean, it's mixed in typically with everything else <clears throat> or people put a lot of salt on it. But if you look at this amazing plant-based meals, like I remember one Thanksgiving, um, we had these um, acorn squash and this uh, quinoa dressing and it had like cranberries and it had, oh my goodness, I can't even remember all the stuff that someone had, had gone out of their way to make for me because they knew I, we were plant-based. And when they'd only made enough for our family and when we sat down, everyone else was like, they're looking over at my plate and going, wow, that's beautiful. Can I have a bite? You know, and I'm like, they're looking at their, I was like, you have your own food. This is mine. Go away. Um, you know, but those things happen. So, in you know, try to think of it as a way of an adventure as well, an opportunity to educate. And you know what? Don't forget that you have the opportunity to change someone's life too, right? Just like you found a plant-based diet why can't you be the messenger to someone who has type two diabetes or suffering from chronic disease and be the messenger of change and literally, literally change someone's destiny. And you could be that person and walk into that, that role with joy, because I'll tell you what, if you want to talk about a dopamine hit is seeing someone transform their health and transform their life and doing things that you, they never thought they would do. That is by far the biggest lovely, wonderful thing about this. And it doesn't have to come from a doctor. You can just share your story, share the message, send them a resource, and you never know whose life you're going to change. That's a beautiful place to end because I want to respect your time, Dr. Marvis, but that is a beautiful, because sometimes the person we're all waiting for is, is us. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to have the links to uh, Mora Medical and to your work and to the new name of your podcast, which I'm going to double check. What is Health it? Health and Mora, Health and Mora. But Health just, and Mora. yeah, if you just uh, Google the Dr. Lori Marvis, it's out there Dr. too. Dr. Lori Marvis. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Marvis. And uh, I think you're probably going to get a lot of people uh, tuning in to, to uh, find out more about what Wonderful. you're offering and how, how you go state to state with uh, your new project. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, so what did you think of Dr. Marbus? Now maybe you understand why I have been following Lori Marbus for so many years and why I wanted her to be on 
my podcast. You know, it is 100% fine. It is correct in so many ways to have an ideology that says we want to limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products. That is how I feel. But Dr. Marbus has come to this work publicly because she followed the actual medical evidence in her practice of the physical, emotional, the psychological benefits of a whole food plant-based diet. You know, there are many, many roads to a vegan and plant-based practice, and there are so many ways to start. There are so many different ways to prioritize. It gives me it gives me a lot of satisfaction to be able to present a variety of these points of view to you all here at Veg Your Best. And honestly, it gives me a lot of satisfaction to help arm any of you new vegans and new plant-based folks heading into social situations this time of year with people who might think you're doing something, you know, a little kooky, a little out of the ordinary. We're here trying to arm you with some of this evidence-based expert advice from a physician who is double board certified in family medicine and lifestyle medicine, as well as licensed in every state in the U.S., now, as I said, the links to Dr. Lori Marbus and her practice, Mora.com, and her podcast, which is called Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, these are all in the show notes. So if you're interested in finding out how telemedicine and group support could help you or help a loved one with health concerns, there are a lot of resources on the website at Mora.com. So, so many reasons to get out there, so many ways to find support and veg your best this week. I'll talk to you next week. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.